Hello, and welcome to Adventures in One Love podcast. This is a place that you will find raw, unedited audio of interviews that we've conducted with different people. So let's get in it. Welcome to Adventures in One Love. I'm Lydia, and I just want to thank you for joining us on today's episode. We are joined with my brother and my friend, Derek, from God Set Me Free Worldwide. Okay, (laughs) this is conversation part two. So I have to, I'm gathering myself, like we're taking breaks here, but seriously, y'all, Holy Spirit is in this conversation. Check out the first part of this interview if you haven't already. But Derek, thank you for joining us again. Absolutely. So at the beginning of our conversation, uh, you really shared really what brought you to this place today, this different kind of sal- uh, sonship over salvation. Is that maybe a good way to say it? Um, and I have been, I have been encouraged, and, and I want to say this before I forget. You know, a big part of what we are doing is sharing testimony, sharing what God is doing, because sometimes people have defined what God is supposed to do. And so if God does something different, we don't credit it to the Lord. We just think like, oh, well, I thought that or I don't know, the circumstances or whatever fate, right? We don't really accredit what God is doing in our life, like literally to him. And I love, and I say that because I'm speaking from my own experience. <laughs> this is my own confession because I, I God was doing something different in me than everyone else around me. Even in my marriage, he was doing something different in me than in my husband. And I'm so blessed that he is gracious and patient. And, I, you know, we're able to walk out our salvation individually, but still honoring one another. But can I, can we keep it real? It doesn't always feel comforting. It doesn't always feel familiar. It's unfamiliar and it's unsteady. And it's, I, I, I like to attribute it to like a baby giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like I know these legs work, but I'm not really sure how to use them. Yeah. And, and so I just love that. I, I was grateful to the Lord to hear your testimony and your story because that's how the Lord worked in my life too. I really was a servant and I had received salvation, but I was challenged because I don't know how to be a daughter. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have that framework on earth and I didn't have that biblical, right? I'm a daughter of the King. I've seen those. I had those stickers. My last name is King. So of course, you know, my daughter, my daughters are daughters of the King. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I did not really have that knowledge intimately. And I appreciate your testimony so much that you share that that's your that's your goal. That's what you're after. It's not after the accolades in the church, not in the titles. I mean, the highest title is son. Amen. The highest title is daughter. Amen. So you have you were in ministry you got saved and you and i and i and if you don't haven't heard the first part like just real quick like you were in the church yeah i mean i'm doing a, ministry i'm a charismatic gentleman like i did 2 years of toastmasters i mean i was on instagram doing like 15 second reels when it was just 15 seconds it weren't even called reels they were just 15 second videos like i was doing all the things that i wanted to do to be a social media missionary and 
that caught wind in Florida and that I would say, even though I was like saved in a mega church setting, like the advancement and the favor was very fast, which to some degree, like I wish that didn't happen, but I, by the, by year two, we were already having discussions about planning a church and year yikes. two of being saved. saved. Yeah. Year two of like who, like knowing Jesus kind of. Yeah. Like half saved. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's happening in the church, right? The, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So we need workers. And so when people are saved, we're like, amen, somebody else to work the field. And we don't think maybe that person should get a little bit more healed. <laughs> maybe they should sit out and get some real discipleship before that's the word. they venture out into this great big world of ministry. That's and the word. So I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, even your apparel like Dear, Dear Christianity, explain that. Ex- yeah. Um, ironically, though, I haven't been in Christianity very long. Like the Lord has allowed me to see things from like the eagle's view, which is like I'm at 30,000 feet most of the time. So I see what he's seeing over regions, over over just the whole body of Christ. But the cool thing about the eagle is that then he can also pinpoint and find like a small mouse running on the field. Like his vision is so vast, yet it's so precise. Amen. I don't know what I ate. Um, so the vision of an eagle allows me to really get a grip for what is going on in Christianity. But then when I'm visiting a ministry or I'm visiting a church, I can also see what's going on in the church. And overall, like, we suck. Like, we're not doing what we were called to do as the bride. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at the bride. I, I love the bride so much that I want to see her come to her fullest. And I know that Christ alone is going to be doing that. I know that the workings of the Father is the one that's perfecting the bride. But he's given people a message. So the yes. clothing line, Dear Christianity, like, it started from this random conversation that I was having where I was like, man, dear Christianity, like we need to stop doing the things that we're doing and just read and like get back to these things. And so we, the big thing for me, which ties to my book was like, Christianity failed me, but Jesus filled me. Like Jesus became greater than the Christianity that I knew. And that's the message that I've been trying to get across over these last few years. It's like, Okay, cool. Yeah, you've been a Christian for 20 years, but do you know him? Come on. It's not in the word saying that you're going to get there and he's going to be like, be gone for I never knew you. He didn't say those words because that may not happen. Exactly. Right. And that's that is terrifying to me personally. And I think that is I think that was my motivation to press into the very uncomfortable, unfamiliar. uh, I, I didn't have a guide. Yeah. I didn't have anybody other than the Holy Spirit, right? Which you can't see. You just I think I think C.S. Lewis says it the best. He says um that the Lord that we delight no, what's the word? C.S. Lewis says we search for the unsearchable God, but he des- he delights in us searching for him. Oh, amen. I've heard that. I love that. I and love that quote. That that to me gives me joy. You know, you used, I don't know if I used it and I implanted it in your conversation from our last conversation because 
y'all. Like when we say breadcrumbs, clues. And, and I feel like, you know, I am the person who watches a mystery and I try to solve it in like the first five minutes. I'm like, oh, it's this. He did it. She did it. You know, the treasure's under here. Like, I don't know. I, I try to solve every question. We need to go to an escape room together. Yes, we do, though. Very fun. Yeah. I'm going to jump in right here real fast and remind you to make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, Adventures in One Love, where we're constantly posting videos and updates that are a little more short-form content. If you enjoy uh, the podcast, you'll definitely enjoy our videos. Now back to the content. But in that, and when I'm right, when I'm right, I'm disappointed (laughs) in the movie because I'm like, man... You, you, you made it too easy. You made it too easy, right? The Lord is like, I got you, babe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want a challenge? Follow these breadcrumbs. And it can be confusing and it can be unsettling. And and I say in the very beginning of, of this conversation, testimony became so important to me because I needed proof that God could do what he said he could do. Yeah. I was the timid, like... I was that one that I was like, I need to see. I need a little bit of proof. I don't need a lot of proof. I just need a little bit of proof because I did not see myself as redeemable. I did not see. It wasn't that I didn't believe God's word. It wasn't that I didn't believe what God could do in other. It's just, but you can save me. <laughs> you really want me. Yeah. So the more, I don't know, the the more dirty, the more grimy, the more dramatic the testimony, the more comforted I felt in my own salvation. Wow. And it, it, it that did come from the orphan place. I was operating, operating as an orphan, and I'm trying to come out of that, but there's still moments where, I mean... I'm in my 40s. I lived a long time as an orphan. It's and 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 we we are renewed. Holy Spirit renews our minds. But it's a process for some. Like you have this amazing experience with with Holy Spirit where you have this electricity is shocking. Yeah. But for some of us it's a different walk and I think that's why I am so honored to do this show and to to operate as like a media ministry because people need proof sometimes. Right. And it doesn't mean that we are, yeah, maybe it's a having, little faith. Having, but, well, having the faith for the one step and then having the patience and the perseverance for the 12 step. Yes. Yes. And knowing that he Good. doesn't make a formula for either or. Right. So I just, I want people to hear that part of this conversation that everybody's walk looks different, but sometimes he sends you someone where your your walk and your discovery into ministry and what God is doing and God set me free worldwide, it's very similar to what the Lord has been showing me these past couple of years for like for the body, for our ministry. And I'm gonna keep it real because we keep it real. I have felt like I was a little cuckoo. <laughs> I felt like, how does this connect to this? Yeah. How does media connect to agriculture? How does agriculture connect to mission? Like, right? I was trying to connect all those dots and I was like, I know this is what you're showing me, Lord, but how? How? Right? I saw the breadcrumbs. I saw the pieces and I'm like, I see it kind of. And then I hear what you are doing and I'm like, I knew I was right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
And sometimes that's why we need the body. That's why we need each other because God does send confirmation. That's why community is so valuable to this walk because it is strengthening iron sharpening iron is not just the conflict part of it it's also like come on this is real i'm doing this god is doing this like get up and walk with it move in this and so i just want to personally thank you because through your transparency i know i have been encouraged and i believe people who hear your story and what god is doing in you and your ministry and your team in Puerto Rico, which we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Like I want them to hear that you're not his only child. Right? He wants to do this amongst his family. And why would one want to do it alone? That's scary. It's terrible. It starts with one, but it doesn't need to, it's not supposed to end there. Uh-uh. Right? So God set me free. I I I took a tangent, y'all. Forgive me for because I, I just wanted to really address the importance of testimony yeah. and not only because it's part of what we're called to do in our ministries, but because I feel like people are comparing notes and if their notes don't match, they feel disqualified. Correct. And that's a lie. That's a lie. So it's a lie, y'all. Make sure you listen. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm showing in the back. (sighs) Okay, okay. So God set me free worldwide. How did you get there? And tell us about the ministry. Sure. Um, The term God set me free uh, started right at the beginning. Uh, It was funny. When I was first finding an Instagram handle, I wanted just God set me free. And it was unavailable. I was like, man, all right. So I guess I got to do the whole underscore thing. Um, But I thought about it this way. How many people put the underscore after God? as if it was a petition or a question or a, a, a beg, hmm. like, God, set me free. So I intentionally put the underscore between me and free because I wanted people to understand, like, even as you read the handle, it said, God set me free. And I wanted people to understand, like, he did. Even though I wasn't fully free when I first made the handle, that was my life. Like, and I knew what I was definitely walking away from. Like I was walking away from drinking every night. I was walking away from clubbing. I was walking away from so many things that I did when I was in darkness. So even though my process of freedom wasn't full, there was a big piece of that. Just to start. What we're doing today looks nothing like what we started. When it started, it was an online media ministry, you know, matched with a clothing line. And that was about it. I would go around and preach, do my thing. After the send, after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, after really feeling just this wave of like emotion for the nations and for salvations, it changed into a missionary movement. And to speed up the the process, um, we took our first trip to Brazil, which the intention was we're going to go to the send because it's a fruit of my life. But we're going to be intentional about it. So I went to Texas. I was part of Lifestyle Christianity University. And at the time, we weren't even sending a team there. So I was like, I want to go. Like, I want to go do this. So I got the, I got the blessing from the pastors. They said, yes, we went. Um, we brought 13 people to an international missions trip. And 
So, so everybody understands faith. It was the first mission trips I'd ever been on. I mean, and the Lord graced me to lead it, finance it, <laughs> like put the itinerary I together, make I the connections. It. Everything about a missions trip that if you've ever been on just as a missionary, like I was doing all of that and it was my first <laughs> trip ever. But wildly, I felt completely in my lane. That's awesome. Um, That's beautiful. So we go to Brazil. It was amazing. The moment we got back from Brazil, nations started opening up. I mean, Argentina, Mexico, like so many nations were like, yes, we're going to go do this. And then COVID hits. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, and so that people get context, back in 2020, I was ready to start the organizational side of it. Like, I was like, well, we got to make this thing a thing. And I heard the Lord say, like, I had to shut the world down because if you would have put those plans out, they would have been terrible. And, you know, when you get sarcastic, God, it's, it's when you know the relationship is real. <laughs> yeah. um, so we pause and we wait. And what did he do? He said, go burn in an empty room for eight hours. And that was my journey with Upper Room. Wow. Like I sat in the prayer room from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day in the word, just burning alone. No one knew who I was. I was just there. But he was cultivating something during that season. So we fast forward. 2021, things are kind of opening up. I go on a missions trip just to support a friend. And we go to, uh, we go to Greece. Um, he's out right now planting the first spirit-filled church in Santorini. Amen. Wild, amazing. Met him at the school. And he, just like me, he was like, I'm not waiting for a, like an organization to co-sign. I'm going to go. So he took his two kids and his family and he left. And so we went to support him for two weeks. Um, we helped with evangelism and just training. And it got it, I got such a wind for like like just getting the refreshment of being on a trip that I was like, okay, cool. We're sending a team to Puerto Rico and here's why. And I'll give the context to why Puerto Rico back in March of 2021, I was on a seven day work journey. Like I was working every day and I was like, man, I'm beat. And I really want to hear, I want to, I want to tell people this. Sometimes the Lord's dreams don't have to start out spiritual. I get off of the seven days. I'm laying in my recliner and I throw on a movie. I'm watching Hobbs and Shaw, like just decompressing and chilling. And there's a scene where the sorry if you've watched if you haven't watched the film, I'm gonna give away some tea. But if you know in the film, the Rock is standing on a mountain, and they do this beautiful pan shot of him just standing there. And I just feel this like gripping for Puerto Rico, and I'm like, Nah, I'm tired. Like I'm worn out. It's been seven days. I'm good. Right. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day. I was like, you know what? For giggles, I'm going to watch the movie again. I watched it again for lunch. The same thing hit my spirit. But again, I was like, no, this, this can't be really it. I go to Glory of Zion, Chuck Pierce's apostolic ministry in, in Texas. They had a Passover conference. I mean, every word was, some of y'all have to leave this land and cross over some water to get to your promised land. And I'm there just like getting wave after wave of just wow. revelation and download like, I haven't been to Puerto Rico in 11 years. This can't be it. Until that one final moment where someone walks up to me and she looks at me in the eye and she's like, son, you're called to an island. And the enemy has locked away a treasure chest on that island that was meant for you and your family. Come and I was like, on, y'all. I, ho- I wish you could feel what I'm feeling. I just feel Holy Spirit right now because 
That is a word. That is a word for the nations right now, that there is an inheritance. There is hidden treasure and there is an inheritance and you have to you have to discover sonship to get to be qualified for inheritance. Yeah. So I, I just love that. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe you're a son in order to know that there is an inheritance. That's so good. You have to believe in prophecy and the prophetic words over your life. You can't do that unless you're a son. For for the sake of someone who maybe is not familiar with that terminology or that language, what is prophecy? What is a prophetic word? Yeah. I believe it's when God through man meets destiny. And there are prophetic words where people can speak into your identity and people can speak into your destiny. And there's a moment in time where someone that you don't know or that you do know can say something through the voice of God that will either help solidify your identity or solidify your, solidify your destiny. That's how I see prophetic words. They're called to edify the body of Christ. Um, I, I like to say this analogy. I think prophets are called to empty the church and prophetic ministries are called to fill it. Hmm. Prophets back in the day were saying the things that didn't get said by the people that needed to be said. I mean, we, we can run through the list of the major and minor prophets and really the only one who, the only prophet that lived a life that didn't have much of a rebuke to the people was Hosea. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else had a really strong word against the people of God. Right. But the gift of prophecy edifies the body. So if, if you need to understand prophecy, understand like the prophetic calling over everyone's life is to edify the body of Christ. Like if you're operating anything else in edification, then I question whether or not you're hearing correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. Then there are people that are called to the office of the prophet. They're the ones that are getting the the verbiage for what a whole region or a whole body is supposed to be doing. They give direction to more than just an individual. And so why me as a son, when I started to get prophetic words from people, even though I didn't know what prophecy was, I was just taking a hold of them like, man, I'm just going to believe. And this is where God set me free worldwide, like really started to come A month into my time at the school, a lady walked up to me and said, son, I don't know you, but the Lord wants you to know that you're going to build something bigger than YWAM. And I didn't even know what YWAM was. I was like, what's the acronym mean? You know, and to give context to what it is, that's youth with a mission. And it's, uh, it's Lauren Cunningham's international missionary movement that he started many years ago, and he's one of the few people that have been able to live out, like to see the fulfillment of that kind of word. Um, the same thing being spoken over his life as far as an international ministry. And to give context to where just stepping out in faith as a, as a son was like the th- only thing I knew to do. When we were leaving Brazil, in the in the airport on the last day that we were there we got to pray over lauren cunningham in the airport and he got to bless us yeah and i didn't even know what he looked like like but i got to see him at the send i got to see what like just a vague image because i wasn't near the stage but even if i would have done nothing more than the brazil trip that would have been such a fulfillment of the word that i got in 2019 that's good 
Hey, I'm going to interrupt real fast to remind you that you can find out more information about our ministry on our website, oneloveunited.org. There you can come help support us, prayfully consider to to donate, uh, to support our ministry as we're trying to share the love of Christ with others and help them to understand their true identity in Christ. Back to the content. We fast forward. I'm taking a team to Puerto Rico. We go in August. I'm bringing some upper rumors that are very creative. They're very worship-centered. Um, I'm bringing some people that have been in my life for you know a few years that are heavily, heavy in evangelism. And we go with one purpose in mind. I'm believing for land because I'm believing that land is the inheritance. Amen. And we're just going to go and connect. And so we wind up connecting with one church, and I love the name of the church. It was called Connected Life. It was like, praise God, because I was getting a lot of no's, which I'll explain why that matters, but I was getting a lot of no's from churches, but Connected Life said yes, and it it was another fulfillment of a prophecy about unifying the body of Christ. Amen. And so we get there, and as soon as I land in Puerto Rico, I hear the Lord say, you're not under the yoke of the religion of the island. And I look to myself, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And so we go about our business. We're doing things like the Lord had given me a word, like it was going to be a John four week. Like people were just going to show up and we were just going to release a word. We were going to have people truly thirst for the living water of Christ. And they would go and do the work of the evangelist. And that's what happened. I mean, within a few hours of being in the Island, we had an owner shut down an entire restaurant for half of my team. We sat at this restaurant and they're, some manager of like all the reggaeton Christian artists on the island, he was calling them all up one by one and they would come to the restaurant. We'd pray, prophesy, and just send them out. And it was just like, it was like a revolving door. Wow. And it was literally like seeing John 4 in like 2021. And so from that place, the mission trip goes well, we're doing all these things. And I start to see where the Lord unfolds the vision for God sent me free. We're partnering with this church. We go out and evangelize, and it's so unfortunate, but the only thing that they could provide was a bottle of water and a toothpaste. And so we're out evangelizing to uh, the neighborhood of Obrero, and for those of you who don't know, like it's a, it's a really run-down neighborhood, and all that the big banks and all of the government is trying to do in that, in that, little, like, that little section of the town is move everybody out. They want to gentrify that little neighborhood, I and mean, they just want to build banks. And this one little church is trying to do its best to keep this neighborhood going by building out their houses, repairing damages, wow. you know? Yeah, amen. Um, but their resources to give them, it, it, like they didn't have enough. So we do this on Saturday and I start to hear like that same phrase over and over again. You're not under the religion. You're not under the religion. I'm like, what is this? So we finish. I got the team resting at the house. Then we get to this place where um, I have to make a decision. We were supposed to go on Saturday night. That, that night, we were supposed to go to another church service. And it was so loud in my spirit. It felt like African drums were banging in my chest. Mm. And I realized that I had to cancel this like church meeting. And I just, I needed to go be with my family. Mm. And it was so weird because it was such a contrast to what I'd known, you know, I, I know the Jesus that says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword to divide mother from daughter. You know, I knew that Jesus because of, you know, me being one of the few believers in my own family. So I go to this family reunion 
we're there, we're enjoying, much like myself, like many of my immediate family members had not been to Puerto Rico in like 11 years. Wow. And so we're enjoying this family time and I get to this place where I'm in the kitchen with my mom and my great aunt who's 82 and the presence of the Lord hits the room. I'm freaking out because I know my mom doesn't know Holy Spirit like that yet. And I had no idea that my great aunt knew Holy Spirit like that. And we all start weeping. My great aunt looks at my mom and she's like, you need to tell your cousin that has land in Puerto Rico that she needs to give it to Derek because he's called to do something here on the island. I'm crying. My mom's crying. Like, it was just this whole, like, just, it was amazing. Jesus. Yeah. I walked back out to half my team. They're like, what happened? And I was like, the food's so good. And like, no. Yeah. Like, there was just things happening in the spirit realm that I just couldn't comprehend. Fast forward, we get the land. It's 22 acres of land in Vega Baja. I get back to the upper room and I have a decision to make. And I think this is where this is like a big thing too. I had, I had been offered a full-time staff position at the upper room. Mm. Who wouldn't want that? Like, who wouldn't want to be in one of the most thriving ministries in the world right now? But then I have this 22 acres of land. And I have the reminders of what the Lord has called me to do through prophecy and through hearing people from, like, nameless, faceless, go, don't be inactive, you know? So I turn down up a room, I take this thing and I run and the Lord starts downloading. What's God set me free? What is it? And here's how I've been able to kind of sum this up for people. We're called to build what isn't to support what is. We're doing that specifically specifically for Puerto Rico right now. Say Dale. it one more time. Yeah. I just love it. Say it again. Yeah. We are called to build what isn't to support what is. And though we're in Puerto Rico now, like that model will be different in every island and in every nation that mm -hmm. we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. We have enough churches and we have enough houses of prayer. Come on, everybody. Bendición. Everybody. Yeah. Even in the grocery store. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. But we're not connected. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But we're not connected. It's not complete. It's not unified. Mm -hmm. He also said to feed the feeders. And I've taken those two things and I've made a very, very loose yet firm um, vision. We're not going to plant another church or another house of prayer in Puerto Rico. We're taking the 22 acres of land and we're going to build out diversified crops. Why? Because since 1950, America has been sending like agriculturalists to gentrify our agriculture to one crop, which would be sugarcane. So our people are producing what they don't consume and they're consuming what can't be produced. So in my 22 acres, we're going to, through hydroponic farming and just through farming on the land, we're going to build out enough crop to be able to supply food to the people of the island. But here's where we want to be different. People are depending on the government for everything, mm. especially Puerto Rico. What would it look like if we got churches on board and they would literally be able to live out Acts chapter two by having the abundance of resources, AKA food, that they would be able to be abundant in themselves, but then distribute the extra, the extra food to their neighborhoods that they're serving mm -hmm. so that people aren't showing up to the land looking for food. They'd be showing up to the churches looking for both spiritual and healthy food. 
It's I I love it. And it it really speaks to even what the Lord has shown us in our ministry. It's really you know, we spent this 2021, the end of 2020 was just learning the history of the island and the Jones Act and Act 22 Act, all these acts that are causing this reliance. I mean, the dependency on the government is not because that's what they like. Yeah. It's part of the conditioning and it's part of operating as an orphan. Exactly. And so it's, I, I, I just hope that whoever is listening really hears the connection that what God is doing through you in Puerto Rico, he had to do through your relationship with him personally. Yeah. You know, he's teaching you sonship and he's teaching you how to stop operating as an orphan and pursuing what you thought was the right things, the religious right things. And he's drawing you into relationship and that is for the nations and that reliance on, on the Holy spirit is for the nations. So I, I'm ecstatic to hear this. And what I, I I think is so interesting and I've been on this journey myself as we are meeting with churches right now, Puerto Rico is kind of still closed. Churches are, you know, we had to make a reservation to go to get a seat because they're, you know, they're capping off with a number of people because of the pandemic. Yeah. But I, I hope people hear you want the church to be the answer. I do. I don't, I don't want the church to be relying on missions to solve the problem. And I don't want missions to be the solution for the world. The bride is the solution for the world. That's right. Which is why people get so offended that I'm so, hard on the bride but it's because i love her like she's supposed to be the beacon of light for the world she's supposed to be the city set on the hill but if we're not if if the bride internally can't provide for its own members how are we doing anything for the people and even to say to your you know the issues that having with connecting with the church like you asked a question earlier, I think even in an earlier episode, you said like, what is sonship to you? Like for me, sonship in Puerto Rico is, I kind of use this analogy, like how do you get a misbehaved attack dog to trust you? You continue to hand the plate of food in front of them and let them see that your hand is providing something that they need. And I'm willing to do that as long as it takes until they trust. Mm -hmm. Because the message of sonship can't be preached at them because they think that they know. So I need to show it. I need to show that I'm not taking from Puerto Rico other than what I've, in, I've already inherited. And I'm willing to bring Americans to the island with no pay, like with their own fundraising as missionaries, to come and serve their people. How do we do that? Like we do that by opening up missions trips. We do that by creating a space, like a missionary base camp where people can come and live on the land for as long as they'd like. But I want to heal the tension between the United States and Puerto Rico. And the only way that I can do that is by showing Puerto Rico that there are Americans that are willing to serve. And I'm not talking about the large organizations that are donating 70,000 meals to a specific location. I'm talking about hand to hand, personal to personal. Like what sonship should be is, the, is like discipleship. It's I have people that are coming to love you. Like not just feed you, we're going to feed you, teach you how to do this, teach you how to be a son so that you can get and do it again. Mm -hmm. 
And we know the phrase. It's like, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man a fish. Teach a man and a woman how to be a son and a daughter. They can transform their entire neighborhood. Amen. Because I, be I believe that with my whole heart. If you made it all the way to the end, we want to say thank you. I hope that you subscribe, like, um, check out our YouTube channel. Make sure that you're subscribed for more content, and we'll see you with the next clip. God bless.